Hello, welcome to series two, episode four of To The Studio. This week, we have artists Nina Percy and Lizzie Drury on the podcast. Nina and Lizzie studied together on the MA Painting Programme at the RCA, and since graduating, the pair formed Hot Desk, which is a collaboration in which they curate theatrically presented site-specific group exhibitions that stage artworks together within a mise-en-scene. They encourage cross-disciplinary collaborations between practitioners, have written essays, and hosted an artist talk as part of Artlex Weekend that addressed issues around work culture and jobs alongside developing an artistic practice. They have an upcoming residency, the Swiss Church in London this autumn, and an exhibition at APT Gallery opening July the 9th. I caught up with Nina and Lizzie over some warming tea in Nina's kitchen, which is currently doubling up as Hot Desk's headquarters in South East London. We chatted about championing collaboration, how their experiences as artists influenced their curatorial decisions, the effect that environmental and political changes have had on their approaches to making and showing artwork, how they've both taken inspiration from a particular Lauren Bond text, all the way through to their many exciting projects on the horizon. Before we get into it, I just want to apologise too that I forgot to ask Nina and Lizzie to introduce themselves at the very beginning of our chat, just so you could know whose voice is whose. So just in case you're wondering, I wanted to say that Nina's will be the first voice you hear and Lizzie's will be the second. Well, thanks very much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy our chat. Hey guys. Hello. How are you both? Have you had good days? Yeah, very good, thanks. We're well, it's very rainy outside today. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, we've been hacking away at a filming application um, for an upcoming project. And yeah, that's been taking up quite a bit of time, but it's getting there. Yeah, I think the final stages are when um, the doubt creeps in and you have to go and recheck everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're we're getting there. Yeah. And this is for your this is for well, we, we won't talk about hot desk yet, but this is for hot desk, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I thought what to start off, I think it'd be good if we acknowledge that you're both artists in your own right. We um, are. And yeah, if you could describe a bit about your own practices first, um, as artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I make large-scale observational drawings um, from uh, materials that I collected and I study in my studio. And yeah, they become these kind of exaggerated theatrical sets um, where the objects are kind of narrated and pulled, pulled through this like filtering process over time. Um, so normally in graphite or pastel or coloured pencils. And yeah, and we met at RCA on painting. Mm-hmm. So, but actually, neither of us were doing like straight painting there. No. Anyway, so yeah, and I think my practice has been shifting quite a lot. Um, and at the moment, or in the last couple of years, I've been working more on video works. And um, at the moment, I'm doing a kind of chanting song thing that's like <laughs> a 
Yeah, don't really know how to describe it, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a sound piece only. Mm. Um, and then I've also been, um, well, I was staying in India, living in India for last year, half of last year. Mm-hmm. And I started collaborating with a friend of mine who's a theatre artist. Um, and so we made a video together and yeah, just really enjoyed working with someone else okay. creatively on something. And we're trying to still make stuff, but given the different countries that we're in, it's been a bit difficult. So mm. hopefully eventually we can like, meet up again and make something else. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, you mentioned you guys met RCA. Mm-hmm. Um, how has kind of your relationship grown since then then? Um, and when came the decision to start curating together? Well, I think it must have been about a year after we graduated. We ended up working for um, an events company in Peckham and then we were just kind of thinking about how we could get involved with other artists and you'd create curated a show in Leeds yeah, with um, another artist. With another artist and it was just and I remember you saying that it was quite inspiring that there were people just willing to give their time and want to do shows with you. So um yeah. yeah. And then we had a friend who offered us um his uh nightclub space that he was living in and um yeah we ended up putting on like a weekend exhibition there and it went well so we kind of carried on yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd say it kind of just happened through just talking about things and yeah just certain things that we wanted to be seeing more of or doing more of or yeah like like lizzie says meeting new artists um and then me having a bit of experience in that and enjoying it so much and finding it really rewarding um yeah, and then we just sort of were talking to lots of different people about it and wanting to do it, and it just sort of ended up happening mm. quite naturally through Charlie's connection. But um, yeah, that was that was kind of how it suddenly started. Well, and then at one point we were like, oh, let's open a gallery. Yeah. Uh, I started looking at places in Walthamstow. <laughs> yeah, we were um, obviously these two artists trying to think about how we uh, <laughs> setting up a gallery, so <laughs> things become unrealistic quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. and then realised that was definitely not going to work right now yeah financially mm. yeah so so yeah we ended up um just curating shows in different spaces that were available to mm-hmm. us at the time starting with the, the former nightclub in clapham which is now called the Altesian. oh no wells project wells project, wells project. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess it'd be good if we could start off then talking about if you could just introduce us to what hot desk is mm-hmm. um and why you thought it was important to, to get it going. Yeah. Hot Desk is a nomadic curatorial platform. Yeah. We've, well, <laughs> the actual def... I don't know. We've also been thinking a lot about definitions and how you define something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's still a sort of evolving process. Mm. But what it has been has been exhibitions in various different venues in London. Um, and also we hosted a talk, a kind of theatrical talk event as with a film screening yeah. at Thameside Studios. Um, so yeah, we'd say it's an artist-run curatorial partnership mm-hmm. between the two of us. Yeah. And then the sort of the way that it's gone has been, I think because of the first space that we exhibited in, 
which was did used to be a nightclub but not just any nightclub it was like this crazy bacchanalian decorated yeah. nightclub made by two artists um so it had all these sculptures and rubens fake rubens paintings on the wall and so the first exhibition was really just in response to that and everything that was there mm. and all the themes that had just like been provided for us yeah um but through curating that we decided we wanted to make exhibitions that brought all the artworks together yeah um and instead of kind of going having a group show where the artworks get even though they're together in a room you sort of are meant to view them individually as like this is this person's work and this is this person's whereas when you're in such a over-the-top space or mm. if you're presenting things together um we were hoping that it comes together more like a mise-en-scene and that the artworks get seen in relation to each other a lot more and yeah. then like build up a, a bigger narrative mm. um yeah yeah i think we wanted the audience to have a different experience of the artwork as well so they become more participants and mm. rather than just viewers um yeah but that all happens sort of just by doing something yeah and then realizing what we liked about it yeah and then doing it again again in that space and then again but in a in a white cube the gallery type space and feeling like we wanted to to bring the energy that we had in those other shows into that kind of space and therefore we had to think of ways to transform it mm. um through the artworks themselves and through some of our interventions yeah so so we we did a show at Thameside Studios Gallery mm. um last the, the April the Ocular Inc Ocular yeah. Inc yeah and um, we again we're just taking the themes that are already kind of presented to us. Yeah. Um, it used to be a window frames factory, and mm. they have a, a a living factory on site as well. Yeah. In Alfie, and um, yeah, we just wanted to take some of those themes and talk about the way that artists are working today yeah. and what it means to make work and how artwork is viewed, maybe differently to other modes of mm. um, work. Yeah. So we ended up dividing the space into a part office and a part factory setting um, where the artworks could be kind of activated in different ways. Mm. We collaborated with this eco-furniture company who gave us loads of desks. So we had films presented in the office space on mm. desks. And then, um, yeah, we also had exercise mats um, you can listen to. Oh, Millie Thompson's works <laughs> lying down. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> with earphones on. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think we should get into the shows a bit more, I think. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe a nice place to, like, before we, before we dive down and get yeah. into nitty gritty. Um, you mentioned in your statement that um, you put an emphasis on, like, collaboration in your shows. Mm-hmm. Um and specifically um, collaboration as a counteraction to the competitive art world that, that we find ourselves in. Um, why, why do you guys reckon that's important um, and how do you think collaboration can counteract that stuff? I think from first-hand experience we were art graduates and we there weren't many free exhibiting opportunities for a while mm. and we felt like we kind of had a some sort of responsibility to like create opportunities for other people 
Um, but being artists as well, we thought that collaborating and working closely with others would be like a good creative way of putting on shows. Um, yeah, and I think there were, I think we were using, or we're using the word collaboration in a bit of a broader sense yeah. as well, because, yeah, I mean, anything, I guess, any exhibition is a sort of collaboration. But even in terms of what we were talking about, in, in terms of how we were presenting the works, yeah. that it can then be viewed as more of a collaboration. Yeah. Because, I don't know, well, yeah, but one, just an example, like in Undercurrents, the first show, we had these, we had a few sculptures that were between furniture and sculpture in terms of the language that they're engaging with. And so then when you present them together, it builds mm. a kind of um, even more of a sort of domestic looking scene that hovers between sculpture and furniture. So that kind of could be like a collaborative presentation of that work. Mm. And then there were other shows where we, um, we introduced um, a fashion designer, Victoria Craven, to Naomi Fitzsimmons, who was creating a performance piece. Um, and Victoria was designing a, um, a work suit, like an office suit. Yeah. And Naomi Fitzsimmons was creating a performance of um, someone who was gonna be like introducing people to, into the space. So she ended up getting her performer to wear Victoria's um, garment, mm. which was then still shown as part of the exhibition. So yeah, little moments like that, I think mm. have been really important. And yeah, like, like we were saying, yeah. I, well, there are lots of opportunities in London, um, but then they just can at times feel really hard to get to. And I think you just have to make your own opportunities. Because yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because um, in these shows, because um, also in, in, in your, in the press releases, you guys say that it was staged by you two as well, don't you? Mm. It's like staged by rather than yeah. put on. Um, and yeah, interestingly, the way you, the way you've approached these shows, it kind of goes against our kind of conventional relationship between an artwork and the space it's shown in. Because mm. <clears throat> in your shows, those things start to blur. Yeah. Um, and I guess... You've, you've semi-answered that question in terms of the, the collaborative nature of, of 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 how that kind of of how that can be seen as something collaborative that that blurring. But um, yeah, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, kind of, is that kind of blurring between space and artwork something that you guys think about um, and is important to you? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, one of the artists we've been working with recently described what we're doing as sloppy. Um, which we're going to take as a compliment. I think it was meant as a Yeah, it was meant as a compliment. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, definitely that's something that we were thinking about, um, which began from the first instance of mm. people coming. And people did actually come to the show and be like, oh, I was confused what the yeah. artwork was and what was part of the decor. Yeah. And that being like maybe previously being taboo and um, mm. kind of not what artists are necessarily looking for. Yeah. But actually, the artists have been really keen to be in like alternative spaces like yeah, that, right. yeah. and and to see their work in a different context. Yeah. Um. So. And this was like specifically, I think the Wells Project show. Yeah. When there were specific themes to do with like the mythical, which mm -hmm. is direct has a direct relationship, obviously, to the, to the space that it's shown in. Um. Yeah. That that kind of. They're kind of directly relational in one way or another, aren't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. And yeah, I guess I, I guess it might be quite difficult for an artist who thinks they have like their own 
they're in practice and this is like idiosyncratic and this is this is yeah yeah um to then kind of yeah to then kind of listen to the space a bit more and to and i guess it also actually makes people respond to the space and actually see things in the space rather than just see things that are just directly in particular works or whatever that might have gone previously unseen or something yeah. yeah. Well, Hazel Brill made a, an, an actual well out of mm. polystyrene and um, put a video <laughs> at the bottom of it. And, yeah. It's quite a nice link between space and... Mm. Yeah. And, and in some ways it's been quite like obvious, those visual connections. Yeah. And, and that's sort of what, why we, we are looking a lot at theatre sets. And, um, but also not being afraid of that simplicity. Because then you're, because it's more just about building this kind of overarching image. Yeah, image or set of of the whole thing as one, and I think, yeah, for artists as well that's interesting. But maybe also for non-art audiences to go and see something, and have a different way of accessing it. Whereas mm. if they'd seen that same artwork maybe in a like vacuum white cube, they might have felt more intimidated by it or. Um, just get have a different experience whereas I think when you when you make the whole space that kind of immersive or inviting se- setting can also help people to access the art in a different way I think yeah we hope mm. and will you always kind of plan to kind of curate artists in terms of the spaces that you find or would you have like a group of artists and then try and find the space does that make, does that make sense mm. yeah um, it's so far it's been that we've been offered a space and then we think about what we want to show and then we yeah. invite artists um, but then we have the residency coming up and that was at, that's going to be at the Swiss Church in Covent Garden um, and that was more that we were thinking about the themes while applying for the residency and then thinking about um, what artists would apply to that set of criteria that they were interested in showing mm. um so yeah that kind of happened thematically not to do with the very cool grade listed building it's more just the, <laughs> the themes of the yeah what the residency were looking for mm-hmm. um so yeah but then we still have to work within those restrictions as well because it's going to be a grade listed building uh none of the artists can put we can't put any work on the walls so mm. we have to think of Kind of innovative ways of like making sets for artwork within the space that can be moved or mm. um, adjusted. Yeah, but then we have another show that's about ideas and metamorphosis, and that's been a kind of set group of artists that were yeah very much around that idea. Um, and yeah, so with that one, it'll be more about doing something then in response to the artworks as well. So yeah, it's changed a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I think also when the opportunities came up to have these spaces, they were normally quite short notice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were obviously wanting to put on the best show we possibly could, but to also, like, I guess it's a way that as artists we think as well, you're kind of using things that are available to you to think about and to take inspiration from and the most obvious one if you've got a very short period of time yeah. to, to to curate something is mm. is the space itself and um obviously that can take you down different tangents and um yes yeah, it's, it's obviously expanding from that but yeah 
yeah, it's a good place to start, I think. Mm. It's also been about finding artists in relation to them. Like each, maybe an artwork makes us think of something else that we would want to show with yeah. that as well. So it kind of grows from not just the themes and the research we're doing, but like each of those artists. Mm. So it really is about like how how it comes together as a whole, mm. as opposed to like having a theme and therefore like individual artists who just might fit it together. Yeah, right. Through that theme. Would you say that has a direct relationship between kind of you as artists too? Is that kind of transferable? Mm, yeah, we think about this. Mm. And then I realised, yeah, when I've put shows on of my own work, yeah. I'm actually always thinking about the artworks in relation to each each of them and not mm. how they're going to be viewed individually. Um, so, which I guess is just an element of installation that comes into my practice. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's weird. I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that relates. <laughs> <laughs> but nice. yeah, it's especially in terms of what you mentioned then about having to be um, quite adaptable and kind of um, yeah, and, and and willing too. I, I guess in one respect to kind of when it, when a space comes up, that there's a, there's a finite amount of time, or there are kind of particular kind of requirements for a space or whatever it might be. There'll be some kind of come some kind of restraint there. So I guess, well, it's, it's, it's that kind of, yeah, yeah, those experiences must be quite transferable to you as kind of mm. curators as well. And I guess the understanding maybe of what artists, what artists might be going through when, you know, they're going to yeah. on a show or after yeah. do a show or something. We were talking about this earlier doing the reverse studio visit mm. and the kind of nervousness you feel when, oh, in the early stages anyway of doing yeah. studio visits. And then to be the ones conducting them yeah, how is it being, uh, being on the other end? It's it's, <laughs> it's, nice. I, it's, it's nice, but it's, yeah. it's also quite intimidating in a way because you're, and inspiring. Mm. A lot of people we've worked with, we, we also studied with, so we, we saw their studios at RCA mm. and how after a couple of years they've become these like very homely, lived in spaces. Yeah. And um, I think going in them and kind of talking about artwork, but in like a in a way where there's an end goal and it's something that's going to be shown somewhere hopefully mm. is um yeah it's nice but it, yeah it's also intimidating being in somebody's very personal space yeah. so i kind of feel for the the visitor a bit more <laughs> now i think <laughs> um do, do you think that do you think they the artists respond to that but uh that, that you that they see you as kind of when they're having a when you when you have a studio visit from a, from another artist, do you think it's kind of different to having a studio visit from? I wonder. Or I think I think the one difference would be that, or from what I've felt is that we end up talking about having a lack of time to be doing what we want to do, mm. and just being quite honest with each other about how we're trying to juggle things. Mm. Yeah. I was seeing one of the artists recently, and um, she also set up like another project thing that she's doing and it's that balance between your own practice mm. and something else that you want to do for other people and finding work time and then we're both like and hopefully having like one weekend day yeah. at some point in the week I think it's just those kind of conversations that come up more which might not if it was a gallery or a curator I don't know yeah I think it's less transactional in a way I think it's the, the more things that you maybe can talk about outside of just the work yeah um, it's not a conceptual bubble of yeah. you and your ideas and your artwork it's mm. like 
how is that being affected by your work or your relationships or mm. all the other things that are in life yeah and also worth talking about yeah right exactly yeah because I guess there's the empathy there well there's, there's an understanding um, which also leads like to an empathy especially when you talk about time um, and the restraints that most artists are under um, it must be quite I'd imagine it would be quite nice to have someone around that it kind of Understand, yeah. <laughs> understands that a little bit more yeah, than maybe so. others might. Yeah, yeah. I think we all have highly fragmented lives yeah. now, and like freelance work takes up some of that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just a, a, a juggling act. Yeah. yeah. But it has been really nice that people even, I think one of our shows we had, three weeks before it to put it together, mm. and people were still keen to be involved. Yeah. Right. Like, like yeah okay great I'm yeah. sure it'll be fine <laughs> yeah um, so that's really nice that people are just happy to go along with stuff yeah and excited for it no matter what mm. Mm. do you think that's um, that's quite a what's the word that's quite like a, a regular thing amongst amongst artists that they are, that they would respond like that like with because it's from personal experience, especially yeah. especially from from doing this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. people have been really responsive yeah. and really like are straight, like immediately to answer that yeah they'd love to be a, a yeah. part of something. I think yeah that's what we've been learning. That's been one of the highlights really is is just getting positive responses yeah. from people, mm. and yes, yeah, lots of them have been people we know, but then also a lot of them we've reached out to, mm. um, loads of artists who we've never even met mm. and they've also been really up for it so yeah yeah I think the more you ask the more you're going to get in return mm. we've also then spent a lot of time writing to like get sponsorship or just sending yeah. mass emails yeah. out and getting nothing yeah um except like the one or two that then we move ahead with and like we've got this drink sponsor who've been so supportive Mm. But we had to send like hundreds of emails to get that one person. But so. I think it's it, but it's a different level of like feeling reject. It's not. It's no, you become you become yeah. desensitized. It's just an email. It's not like when you're an artist. You're I don't know. You're reaching out and there's there's a level of being removed from it, and also you just have to do it on mass, like hundreds and hundreds of emails, and then hopefully you'll get maybe a couple of responses. But mm. um. For sponsorship, um, but yeah, I guess yeah. just carry on <laughs> yeah. and, and do more. Yeah, yeah. Is it because it's in its kind of really early stages? Are you how much? How much have you learned from from this, from it already? I say not not how much, but like yeah. you know, what what have you learned from kind of seeing maybe well, not the other side of the coin, but yeah, from seeing it from what having to do things with a different from a different perspective. Um, yeah. I think there are a lot of skills we had to learn um, and things that we've faffed over that maybe we shouldn't have as artists like mm. silly things like our email sign off like what's that going to look like or like yeah. what's the landing page of our website going to look like <laughs> um, and then yeah I think just yeah we've learned that um, Lizzie's very good at the designing <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And I've never, I've never used Photoshop like, That's rubbish. or in design. <laughs> I, I just sort of learned how to build websites or make posters on pages mm. of all applications. But yeah, um, yeah, we've had to learn how to do like visual communication 
as well as persuasive writing, mm. as well as using different language for like funding applications. Mm. We've had to really change the way that we um, think is a different part of the brain. I yeah, guess. and I guess what you're championing in your shows with, with the collaborative the collaborative aspect to it, all, you two are kind of you're happy, you're collaborating all the time, and you're kind of seeing the kind of the the real positives of that, mm. and I guess. Yeah, who? How do you decide? Like who? Like say, like for press releases and stuff. How would you? How would you go about? How or how have you gone about writing writing those? And yeah, so we spend a lot of time on Google Docs. Yeah, and we do. I mean, we spend a lot of time on the phone as well. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll probably just start with an outline for that, and then <laughs> add to it when we have time. But mm. yeah, yeah, Nina was away for a a long period of time before the Ocular Ink show. She was yeah. in India. Mm. So we had to juggle time differences, but um, yeah, I think Nina would take the lead maybe on writing and then I would mm. do the, vi- the visuals, <laughs> the fun bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we write, I think we do most of the stuff together. Yeah. Actually, someone was saying to me that we should, that that's a waste of time, but I don't know, every, almost every decision is made like together. Yeah. Um, and which, yeah, is really nice. And then we kind of work at our own pace on stuff like writing, mm-hmm. but we'll kind of go and do research. I, I think through writing, and I think Lizzie likes to have a really clear idea of what the whole concept is before writing. Yeah. So I'm... then it's been like, between the two of us, it somehow gets done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's one of the main things as well that I've really enjoyed, is just having someone else on that experience with you. Mm. Um, also with friends to begin yeah. with, we met at RCA and then... It all happened quite naturally. Mm. Um, Had you both thought about curating before, beforehand, or is it something that either of you have kind of? No, I not really. Well, there was that show. So, um, a painter, Susie Babington's part of Assembly House House? Uh, in Leeds. In Leeds, yeah. Yeah. And she, um, kind of out of the blue, just invited me. I mean, we know her, but um, she invited me and Ellie to curate a show together. Um, and a painting show curated by painters. Um, so yeah, so just got invited to do that. And then um, that's when, yeah, me and Ellie put together that show, started inviting artists like Emma Talbot, and, and then she was in it. And then when you start having yeses, you're like, mm. oh wow, this is really nice. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of from that that I realized that that was something I was really enjoying. Yeah. And I think I realized also I can't just, be in a studio on my own all the time yeah. and I find that um, not so motivating whereas when there's these other things where you're connecting to other people and working with them all the time as well then when you do have that time on your own I find myself being more productive than if I actually had all my time on my own mm. to do that yeah I think it makes Literally. you more yeah. disciplined yeah doesn't it yeah but it's also just keeping those conversations and connections and um yeah. Mm. Did yeah. You, you haven't thought about it? Um, not, well, I think it was when we were working together and you said that you'd curated the show <laughs> and it was easy. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a really great way of getting to meet people and yeah. showing art and giving opportunities to others. And I didn't quite realise that's exactly what I wanted to do because I still have my own practice. But um, yeah, it's been rewarding and very different ways 
Yeah, because I, I guess having an artistic practice alone um, is quite alienating in a certain mm. way because you have to be on your own. Yeah. It, that's, it's a necessity that you have to be on your own in a room making it. And perhaps the longer that you do that, the longer your detachment can be from just the outside world in general, even if it's just friends or friends or family. Um, and I guess the art world can grow kind of bigger and angrier and yeah more kind of more more monstrous the more the more time you, you do that if mm. yeah if you're not making if you're not kind of having those points of contact with people yeah and I think leaving the bubble of art school as well mm. there's people around you constantly yeah um but I think we've also the pendulum has swung the other way and now we're massively codependent on each other yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. others and like that we get a lot of happiness from doing that I think mm. yeah but there's also times where it is it's a lot of work for yeah. For what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for the better good. Yeah. Mm. No. It. Yeah. There. There are really rewarding things, but it's also taking a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And I think another thing we're learning to go back to that mm. is while those projects that come like two weeks before the final day mm. are great, and you put like loads of energy into it. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think just learning to maybe take longer and give ourselves longer more yeah. time towards things is is kind of important because yeah. otherwise we just would burn out yeah for sure um yeah mm. um so what what have you got planned mm. what's what's coming up can you can you say or no uh we can yes we're doing a residency, I mentioned earlier, yeah. at Swiss Church. So that starts in April. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have a series of events over June, um, mm. open to the public. And then we've got another show at APT, uh, Metamorphosis, that will open in July. It's called Metamorphosis. It's called, for now, it's yeah. called Metamorphosis. <laughs> That's what everyone believes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did you, did, has that show followed the same suit where you found the space? And then the theme has been suggested by the space that it's in, or no? Metamorphosis was actually a proposal that Nina put together a couple of years ago after oh, wow. RCA, yeah. and it was accepted and then postponed. It's been postponed a few times, yeah, um, for unforeseen reasons, <laughs> mainly to do with funding. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah it, it's finally going to be off the ground in July. Cool. Um, but that was something that you had researched and yeah i've been um i've been reading that book at rca actually and then um was just what book was it uh it's marina warner's book fantastical metamorphosis mm -hmm. and other worlds um and yeah someone at rca introduced me to it um and then i think i was sort of i was just i don't know browsing looking at exhibitions and stuff and realizing that um, a lot of artists are making work that are um, about transformation or like mutation mm. um, so like figures that are amalgamations of different things there's a lot of myth and storytelling coming back in mm. um, and just thinking about why that's happening now and today and Marina Warner talks about stories of metamorphosis happening at times of cultural and political change yeah. and transformation which obviously we're experiencing now yeah. um, so yeah, that show was kind of really about that and thinking about how that's being reflected in art and, and why I think that's quite interesting. And um, 
and I, yeah something we haven't really spoken about but is that most of the shows have then been in some way related to things that we're seeing within culture but also within politics and everything yeah because quite yeah yeah because i've i i read recently um from you two actually by different kind of personal experiences that you've, that you've both had um, that things like the climate crisis and stuff mm. comes to the forefront of both of your minds and has begun to shift your ideas about kind of what roles you have or roles you might have or what roles you might have as artists but also um, kind of what function artwork should maybe have these days um, so I guess yeah maybe you could mm. talk a bit about about that yeah well, I think that began when Nina was in, in India and mm. you were seeing a lot of I can't really speak for you here but, yeah. <laughs> but again you can try it began, yeah but I think we with the Metamorphosis show although it's been postponed like a while I think weirdly it's become more and more relevant and especially over the last year when there have been huge environmental and political changes um, it's it's been playing on everyone's minds in some way yeah and um we've been thinking a lot about absurdity and the point of making artwork in the face of such huge changes mm. and what does it mean to go to the studio every day and sit there and think about things that you're making for, for what gain really yeah um and yeah and then you were in india at the time and yeah having a nervous breakdown having a nervous <laughs> really how, how come yeah what? just about everything really about i mean the potential um, extinction of most species, possibly our own yeah. included, and um, yeah, and then just just being like, oh, but it's quite interesting to think about that weirdly, because well, especially artists, as I don't know, historically seen as being existentialists and mm. considering um, mortality and is that one of the reasons people make art is to leave their mark on the world mm. and then how does that relate to us today when we're potentially faced with the mortality of our entire species as yeah. humans and then how do you make art in the face of that like that's really <laughs> a existential challenge mm. um and and there's no answers really it's i guess people just have different can find different yeah. reasons to keep doing it and and actually what we sort of realised in the end is like, no, you have to keep making because, um, I mean, well, what else are you going to do? But also it's still hugely valuable, valuable because it's an alternative way of thinking about the world and it's still um, adding that back in to something, to a culture that's all about consuming and yeah. artists are about creating things yeah. and creating ideas or moments for people to reflect. So even if the artworks that you're making aren't directly engaging with climate change. And I don't think everyone should make artwork about climate change, no. but actually still making and still being an artist is, is, is really valuable. Yeah, for sure. Cause I guess in ceasing to create and question and articulate our contexts, you kind of just become this kind of just complicit spectator. Yeah. Exactly. In one way or another. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in a but in, in, in a small way, I guess, um, this venture that you've both gone on is a is a reaction to that, that you're champion championing mm. collaboration. 
and working together um, and even if it's just a kind of that a, a, a switch in a, in a small change in, in in your brain or in your ways of thinking that that's that that's a positive change in itself yeah. you're kind of enabling people to you know yeah to yeah. realize I guess yeah um, um yeah which sort of, which also relates to our residency um at the Swiss church because we're going to be building a kind of artwork set yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I mean, no, I know that's what we're doing. <laughs> but that, we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we can talk about it. So we're making a, hoping to make a kind of living room set with a, um, so the Swiss church is in Covent Garden and mm. nearby there's a centre called the Notre Dame Refugee Centre. Um, and so we're going to work with members of the Refugee Centre um, to create this set, which will then be activated wow. in a series of events. Um, so, and that stemmed from, um, in particular, a book uh, called Scenarios, Scenarios, yeah, about climate change and art and culture, mm. and how creating um, scenarios is a way of thinking about things differently, and it's really important for artists and the cultural sector to be involved in thinking about our future together, yeah. um, as opposed to leaving it to all the money makers and um, oil companies. Mm. So yeah. yeah, so in a small way, we hope to, yeah, to do things with other people that can help facilitate other ways of imagining mm. um, the present or the future. Yeah. 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 I also um, read that. Is it Lauren Bond? Lauren Bond, is that her name? Yes. And the yeah, Metabolic yeah. Studios text piece. I couldn't find the oh. piece, but I've got what it's called. Oh, and I'm hoping that you can shed some light on it. So it's called Artists Need to Create on yeah. the Same Scale that Society Has the Capacity to Destroy. Yes. Um, and that's been a touchstone, hasn't it, for you both in one way or another? Yeah. Um, yeah, why has that text in particular been so important? If, uh, you, if you can remember, yeah, I'll just yeah. talk, put you on the spot. <laughs> if not, everyone can just Google it. It's <laughs> No, I just remember when I was, it, that was also in India, when I was having this this crisis, um, then being like, okay, there has to be some kind of positive ballot, counterbalance to that. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, just somehow came across, well, that was in the Biennale last, yeah, it was. last year. Yeah, yeah. And just reading that and being like, whoa, well, that's that's something to like mm. hold on to. Yeah. Um, because it's so true. And yeah. It's, it's all within our capabilities to just create positive effects as opposed to these negative ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for mm. me, that was quite, I was like, oh, okay, there's the, mm. the little light of hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting all negative. It's, it's <laughs> no, 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 it's, 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 it's hopeful. <laughs> it's hopeful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so we are kind of nearing the end mm. of our chat. Um, and usually, as we near the end, I ask because I've only got. I usually have one guest, so uh, there's right. usually I ask them one specific question. But because there's two of you, um, I'm going to change the question a little bit. Um, so the question is, um, <laughs> if you could curate a show um, anywhere um, and with anyone in it, yeah, what would you do? Who who would be in it? And why? Big question. Oh, that is. Oh my question. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. that is shocking. <laughs> but yeah, so in a in an ideal world, uh-huh. yeah. Well, well, what the show? What would the show be? Maybe. 
Well, Firstly, we can, we, can, we can flesh it out. Of, of spaces, I really yeah. like, and was looking at all the time, South London Gallery. It's yeah. like my favourite gallery in London, I think. Mm. Um, and that also has kind of a rich history in its buildings that would probably could be responded to in the way that we do stuff. Yeah, I was thinking more in, a, in an actual theatre. Oh, yeah. So curating some extravagant, like, dinner. <laughs> and uh, everyone brings an artwork to the table and it becomes maybe more of, like, a collaborative talk or something. That's much more exciting. Um, yeah, we have, we have thought about that. We have wanted to do, applied for something where we were going to do it, wanting to do it in a theatre. Um, it sounds pretty feasible. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Or we could do an exhibition on the moon. On the moon? Yes. Fulfill yes. <laughs> <laughs> my obsession with the moon. <laughs> That's currently happening. Um, which they are pretty much going to do anyway. But yeah, that could be the next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. The moon's um, a good venue. Who'd be in these shows? Who would you want to show? Oh my gosh. Sorry, huge. <laughs> yeah, that's... Dead or alive? Dead, yeah, anyone. <laughs> anyone. Anyone. Um, uh, I do have people I like. <laughs> I would, oh, I'd love to meet and work with Joan Jonas and do a show with her. Her show's pretty, like, set theatrically as well. Mm. Um, I think she just sounds amazing. Um, apparently she was wandering around the tape at her exhibitions. And just like listening to people talking about them. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I love her. I'd like to have her in. I think I'm gonna have to go back to my drawing roots. Yeah, There's yeah. a fantastic artist called David Musgrave, and he makes these really beautiful, intricate drawings um, of all sorts of things, but mainly these kind of animated stick figures. And I just have admired him for a very long time, and <laughs> I would love to him in a show maybe not the theatrical dinner but <laughs> well, maybe so I don't know <laughs> so we've got the moon moon Joan Jonas Joan Jonas and I'm going to say David, David Musgrave David Musgrave at dinner yeah good answers yeah good answers um, have you guys got anything you'd like to you've mentioned a few shows that you're going to be putting on and stuff um would you like to kind of give some definite details for those or is there anything else that you'd like to plug oh, <laughs> time or, to plug <laughs> or, or or just i don't know you might yeah. you might like your local coffee shop or something but is there any one or anything that you'd like to let uh follow know our about? instagram what is it hot desk hot desk spelled d-e-s-q-e Yes. H O T D. Oh, where did that? Yeah. I didn't even ask you. Where did that name come from? Ah. <laughs> were you actually prepared for this question? <laughs> because we were agonising over that name for about six months, yeah. and it was right in front of us the whole time, and we didn't quite see it. Yeah. We just we wanted to take the way that we we're working and contemporary modes of work and balancing, mm. um, yeah, jobs and arts practice as as a job as well. Yeah. We wanted hot desk to be to reflect that and yeah working in different venues um yeah yeah but it's not desk it's like a desk so <laughs> esq it's like a like a representation of yeah the desk. It's, a, it's a yeah 
the subject we'll do that hopefully with not just <laughs> should have asked you that that should have been my first question <laughs> <than> my <laughs> yeah it's also easier to get yeah to find on the internet so. I was going to say it's, it's very easy oh, it's okay. very okay, easy okay, you were you a top hit for me okay great <laughs> so, um, yeah find us and then in June we'll be organising a series of events okay so. and can people find out about that Just is it just going to be through Instagram or should they check the website, the website as well website yes which uh, is which is hotdesk.xyz yes. that's a pretty cool I know it's a pretty cool address <laughs> but then we're like <laughs> Wait, is anyone gonna Google that? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's cool. Okay, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, watch out for Metamorphosis. That's in July. July. The ninth. The ninth. July the ninth. Yeah, that's an actual date. The date for diaries. July yeah. the ninth at APT Gallery, which is Deptford, London. Cool. UK. Yeah. Will it be? Will it be posted on their Instagram? Maybe. Can you follow them? Yeah, it will be in the lead up. Okay. Yeah. So closer to the time. And it's probably a good idea to tell people to follow that gallery too, because it does a lot of. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Yeah, it does a lot of cool shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a prize I think as well too. APT. Yeah, the Creekside. The Creekside Open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Open call. Yeah. So, yeah, artists have a look at that. It's coming yes. up soon. Appreciate and get in touch with us if you are an artist or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They want to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. And how would they get in touch? How would what would your preferred method of communication be? Um, DMs. DMs. Yeah. DMs. Yeah. DMs. Yeah. Start with the yeah. DMs. Start with a DM. Then we'll move move on from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. That was great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please find more information about what was discussed in the podcast in the notes section. And if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes, um, then please subscribe or follow us depending on which listening platform you use. And head over to our Instagram page, at to the studio, which we regularly update with posts about each guest we have and all other goings on as well. To the studio is produced by the Audio Wizard, an all-round great guy that is Theo Bird and I would thoroughly recommend getting in touch with him for all your audio needs on Instagram he is birdperson bird is spelt B-Y-R-D person also if you can spare a moment to leave us a lovely review that would help us out a lot and it allows us to reach a few more ears than we are currently and lastly if you've got any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms or send us over an email. Our details are again in um, the notes section uh, of each episode of the podcast. Well, thanks very much again for listening and we'll see you next time.